Welcome to the 92nd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host, and some, but not most, of a real boy, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? Michael Morbius. It's morbius about Morbius. How about you, Morbius? Uh, uh, no, don't know quite what you asked me there, and are you just going to speak the entire episode in Morbius's, Adrian? Morbius, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I, am, I, I am Groot. Morbius. Morbius? Morbius. Morbius's. How are you, man? I'm okay. I'm okay. Oh. I'm good. This might be the first episode that you don't go back to the classic opening that I think you started with on episode one of Split Focus. Should I do that? I'll go back. General, no, no, it's, no. General Morbius, how are you today, Morbiusing? <laughs> it was closer, uh, but I feel like you're having a, a little bit of a struggle. It's tough. <laughs> I don't, not sure what's going on. Uh, I'm assuming you watched Morbius. I'm Morbius about, indeed, Simon. I can't wait to talk about Michael Morbius's hit flick, Morbius, <laughs> where the lines of villain and hero cross. Oh, my gosh. Wow. What a film. They blur. They, the lines are blurred. For sure. They blur just like the CGI in the movie, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, it is a movie. It is a movie. Yes. But Simon, you know what isn't a movie? What? Ezra Miller being arrested in Hawaii. Did you hear about that? I did. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? He got arrested for like, was it battery or something? What did he do? Did he attack a guy? Something. I, I think like he was just like being very crazy at a bar. He was like yelling obscenities. Uh, he grabbed like a mic from like a woman uh, like singing karaoke and like you like attacked a guy playing darts or something like that and then, you know the bar owner was like yo man you got to get the hell out of here um, and then he was arrested at that bar for disorderly conduct and harassment funnily enough yeah um so it's a it's a whole thing Ezra Miller uh, probably best known for his role as the Flash in the Justice League films and in the arguably many would argue it the greatest cheer moment in film history. Oh yes, good call. <laughs> yeah, where he where he goes so fast, the time reverses, and and the Justice League wins. Spoilers for Zack Snyder's Justice League gang. But they, I guess they spoiled it during the Oscars. the Oscars. Yeah, so it's okay. Yeah, we have two rules here. If it's spoiled in the trailer or at the Oscars, we can talk about it. Yeah, that's, that's right. Otherwise, yeah. yeah, otherwise we won't do it because we're you know we're not going to spoil the movie unless it's Gotham. It's very important. Or- or the TV show. Yeah. Unless it's Gotham. Unless it's yeah. Gotham. Which I feel like we gave enough of a heads up last episode. Yeah, we definitely did. Um, and honestly, everything we talked about was in trailers. So, But again, I just want to bring back that moment here for just a second. How is that the most cheer-worthy moment? Like, again, it's it's kind of they kind of made a mockery of mm. the whole situation. There's so many good cheer-worthy moments. I've never been in a theater, I feel like, that erupted more than during the, even just the hammer moment in mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame. I agree. I feel like that moment was like. Everyone was like, ah! <laughs> like just everyone. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of moments in in No Way Home as well. Mm-hmm. Like Spider-Man No Way Home. But anyway. And in this new Morbius movie, the crowd went wild. You know, yeah. The, the 10 plus people crowd, they just stood up mm-hmm. and cheered. They're like, wow. During that moment where 
or Michael Morbius, uh, Morbius, as you would say. Oh, dude, he was Morbiusing about ten out of ten. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Uh, to, I digress uh, to the uh, Ezra Miller stuff. It's funny because this isn't the first time he's had like a little bit of controversy. Do you remember like that video a couple years back where he just fucking choke slammed a woman at a bar? Do you remember that video? No. Yeah. What? Yeah, this was like a couple years ago. I, like I shouldn't be laughing because it's literally just like abuse. But he just choke slammed a woman at a bar. I want to say it was 2019. Crazy. 2018. It was. 2020 maybe hmm i don't know i have no idea i just heard about it just now yeah so are you asking me uh <laughs> yeah man i was asking you um, are you asking google or i think yeah on it was so april 5th of last year sorry 2020 we're in 2022 now yeah um april 5th of 2020 a video was uploaded to twitter which showed miller appearing to choke a young woman before pushing her to the ground outside a bar hmm. um so there's that whole yeah, that sucks. rigmarole. It's crazy because I'm pretty sure Ezra Miller the next day was supposed to be on the red carpet for mm-hmm. his film, uh, Harry Potter and the Dumbledore something or other. Uh, What's it called again? The Fantastic Beasts and... And the Crimes of Gay Wizard Hitler. No, that's the other one. Oh, that's the that's the second one. Um, Fantastic Beasts and... Yeah, you can't use that anymore, actually. Sorry. Uh, Fantastic Beasts and um, Dumbledore's uh, secrets in this closet. Skele- Dumbledore's skeletons in the closet, something like that. Mm, Dumbledore's secrets of Dumbledore. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, you're pretty close. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, <sighs> no big deal. Yeah, you don't you get to use the the crimes of Gay Wizard Hitler. You know, yeah, whatever. Uh, as much anymore because the movie's long gone. It's over. It's, it's done. Aired. And it wasn't very well reviewed at all. Yeah. So I'm hoping this new one's going to be good because it will give me a reason to go back or actually at all to watch the Fantastic Beasts mm-hmm. series because I haven't watched them just simply, simply because they seem to progressively get worse in terms of ratings, yeah. um, critics' reviews. So, Ma'am. But yeah, it's, it's like it seems kind of irresponsible to just uh, you know mm-hmm. attack a man playing darts <laughs> just before you're about to be on the red carpet and go on a press tour for this movie. Cause he, he's a pretty big part of that movie. I imagine. Um, yeah. yeah. But I don't know what, what's with actors just like a, just, just hitting people. You know what I mean? Lately, like the most obvious one, you know, which we talked about, actually we haven't talked about this one is Anthony Starr when he, uh, he like beat up like this 21 year old chef, uh, in Spain, funnily enough. Um, that, is, a, is that the most obvious one? Yeah, man. Or did you, did you just kind of accidentally go to the wrong one there? Because I don't think anyone... No, that everyone knows about this one. No one's talking about any other uh, violent act that a, that an actor has done as of, as of late. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so like Anthony Starr, I think it was... It, I don't know, this was like a few weeks back. But yeah, he like uh, just like punched some dude after he was like very like drunk at a pub. Yeah. Or whatever. And then I think he like he glassed a guy with like a, like a, like a bottle or some shit like that. And then he was uh, oh same day yeah it was it was like in the same fight apparently and then he was like fined oh. I, this is an article from Variety he was fined five thousand four hundred and sixty four dollars and ninety seven cents and then he was given a twelve month suspended prison sentence as well hmm. so I'm kind of confused as to how a suspended prison sentence works like does that mean that he still has to serve it it's just he doesn't have to serve it right away like I'm I'm a little confused with that because I didn't really look into it. But he was uh he was in Spain filming that new Guy Ritchie movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal. So yeah, mm. mm-hmm. I think it just means he's got to do probation. Oh, um, uh, yeah. So like, it's just you don't 
it, like they determine you don't need to, need to spend the time in jail. You just can do the sentence by via probation. I, uh, I think that's how that works. I'm no lawyer. But you are a doctor. Uh, no, I'm not a doctor. Uh, but regardless, I don't think you even said who Anthony Starr is. Oh, yeah. Anthony Starr, probably best known for his role in that one episode of Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun, which is a Netflix original series. No. And then he's also, he plays some random character in The Boys. I think Homelander or whatever, which is the Amazon show. Yeah, yeah. Only the main character. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah, he's really good in The Boys, mm-hmm. I must say. He's, uh, I don't know, he's he's a very villainous guy. That's why it's, he struck me in all the interviews with him that he was just seemed like the, a nice guy, but mm-hmm. then he's such a dick in this in the show, which is great. But then now he hit a guy with a, a bottle in real life. Yeah, he even said like after, I think he said something along the lines like, do you even know who I am? <laughs> and then no way <laughs> yeah just like just throw that over the top it's like come on man i'm homelander and then his eyes got red yeah yeah and they cut the guy in half with his laser vision whoa no deaths otherwise it would definitely wouldn't have wouldn't have been a suspended prison mm-hmm. sentence i feel like it would have been just a prison sentence yeah just a full-on prison sentence baby yeah damn okay good stuff i mean not good stuff actually but you know no terrible stuff the both both these stories were bad yeah what a way to start our show very negative on here yeah consistently adrian do you have any show corrections from last week or maybe weeks before or some some other time oh my goodness simon i do and i apologize a great deal so every week i do hey these are the movies coming out most of them not some but no wait sorry some but most whatever that running joke we've been doing for the past some but not most yeah that one no most but not some most but not some i feel like you 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 get you get most of the movies i feel like you don't miss a lot of movies when you do the new releases segment of split focus i feel like you get it pretty well and and i appreciate you doing that so thank you for doing that each week it does take some effort i appreciate you doing literally everything else oh uh you're welcome um no worries man no worries. Sorry, but, what was the correction? Uh, so, what blunder did you make this time? So, there's a the hit movie Simon Pinocchio, um, a true story came out on uh, video on demand on March 22nd of this year. And honestly, I'm truly sorry I missed this because the reason I found out that this movie came out was actually through a meme, um, and the meme in particular was a YouTube video that was called. Um, here, let me pull it up. Where is this? Um, <laughs> uh, it was called. Uh, where, where are you? Where are you? Uh, and I thought Fruity Pinocchio couldn't get any worse. And I was like, what? This is like 4.6 million views came out nine days ago. And I was like, what is this? And apparently they released a trailer for this movie a couple months ago. It's a Lionsgate movie. And I feel like, should I just play the clip? Should I just play the clip? No, uh, play I don't it. know if we've got copyright for that. Daddy. I knew you wouldn't say no. I Let's go, Tibbot! Great adventures await! <laughs> what is this? Uh, so that's from the movie Pinocchio, A True Story. <laughs> and then after that, I like watched the trailer. And honestly, this is some of the worst voice acting I have ever seen in my god sorry, heard in my goddamn life. Um, and I highly recommend everyone watch the trailer and then take the time to watch the movie because I haven't watched the movie yet. And I don't plan to, and I want to hear everyone's thoughts on it. So, so be, to be clear, I don't know if you said this already, and I just wasn't paying attention, but this is a fully animated movie. Fully animated movie released okay. by Lionsgate. Yeah, it's crazy because there's so many Pinocchio movies that have seemed to come out in this like, or have planned to come out in this like two year span. There was that other mm-hmm. Pinocchio movie that was like kind of like a horror movie that you said, oh yeah, was this weird and frightening? And I, mm-hmm. I feel like you missed when that came out too. 
on this podcast. I don't know if you just don't love Pinocchio movies or what. And then now, I think at the end of this year, the Pinocchio movie with Tom Hanks as Geppetto is coming out as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's 2022 slated, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, possible. Yeah, okay. How dare you miss this movie? I'm sorry, dude. It's a travesty. I even wrote that there in the notes. <laughs> yeah, I see that. I see that. And I apologize. All right, Adrian. Let's reach into that mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners <gasps> to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Sean Howes wrote into us and he said, new listener and fan. Oh. First off, I want to put full blame for the Will Smith and Chris Rock incident on Adrian for his mm-hmm. comment on the show where you time traveled to record your episode for the Oscars. He said, be careful with saying they were amazing. What happens if somebody gets shot or something? Well, Adrian, something did happen, and I blame you. (laughs) Just kidding. Obviously, just kind of funny that something big actually happened. On another note, you mentioned last week about who is watching Marvel movies and that they're really made for everyone. I feel like the last couple movies, along with the upcoming projects, they have almost made them for varying audiences. Example being Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, potentially geared towards less comic book enthusiasts and more just fans of specific actors or maybe a younger audience that they can pull into the universe. On the other side of things, movies like Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness are really geared toward viewers that are heavily invested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or towards longtime comic book enthusiasts. Fans that have never seen the Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies wouldn't understand the storyline. There will be characters us non-comic book readers have never seen and storylines that are totally new and potentially super confusing. Now that the big story that started with Iron Man and ended with Endgame has been completed, some people are good with that story and don't want to or need to continue with the new stuff. Personal example, I'm invested by the continuation of this universe, shows and movies alike, but my fiancé, a huge fan of the Iron Man to Endgame plotline, has no desire to watch Moon Knight, Loki, the Multiverse of Madness, etc., Just a thought, after hearing your perspective on who these movies are all for, what do you guys think? Signed, Sean House. Adrian, thoughts? We got a a newcomer, a newcomer writer. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. In the midst. Thank you very much, Sean, for writing in. I appreciate it very much. And honestly, uh, it's funny that you mentioned the whole, yeah, Will Smith, Chris Rock incident, because I was actually, uh, I I tried to re-listen to the episodes um, after you edit them, Simon, and just... I, I actually picked up on that at the end there too. And I was like, oh man, I did say that. And something big did happen. So maybe I am to blame because time travel ruins everything. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes it fixes things. Oh, that's true too. There's a bunch of movies where it literally fixes things. That's a good point. God damn, you're a smart man. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. Do you no. not watch movies? I've literally never seen a single movie in my life. That makes sense. Yeah. Except for Morbius. Oh, dude, Morbius. Oh, my God. I can't wait to talk about that movie. Jesus Christ. Soon. Yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, but honestly, I've kind of changed my tune a bit on our like statements from last week. I was like kind of like thinking about it. And I think the movies, although are still kind of made for everyone, they are, I think, still a little bit more tailored to specific audiences. So like on a grand like scale, I think everyone can watch all of these movies and enjoy them. But I think they still have like their target audience specifically. So I don't know, uh, again, kind of like the, uh, you know, the Miss Marvel movie, uh, sorry, uh, TV series coming out and everything like that. I think that mo- that 
series, like looking at the trailer and stuff, is probably a little bit more aimed toward a younger audience or a more, you know, like maybe a young and diverse audience that can kind of like see themselves in a superhero. But again, it's still, I think, made at the end of the day for everyone to watch. It's not like something like, I don't know, you're not going to make like a like a like a something set in the MCU that's like a, you know, Mickey Mouse clubhouse type shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think yeah. like it still should be made to be enjoyable by all. But there are still specific audiences that these, you know, films and series is, is are uh, geared towards. So that's kind of like my 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 tune right now, Simon. What do you think? I agree with you as well. I think that the, again, I think almost like a Pixar movie. It's like they're geared for adults in some ways and they're geared for kids in some ways. When you watch a movie like Up, there's something for everyone in that way and that they're animated movies, obviously, but they, I feel like they're geared in many ways for everything. But some of the Marvel stuff in some examples are potentially more geared towards kids, whereas some of them are potentially more brutal, like a show we're about to talk about soon. And that is more geared toward potentially adults, but kids could watch it theoretically. I, I feel like mm-hmm. it's for everyone in that way. So an example of an outlier of this, though, I would say is uh, definitely the Daredevil, uh, like the Defender series that was on mm-hmm. Netflix and now is on Disney+. Plus. I feel like that is not geared towards kids at all. And that's kind of an outlier. And I mean... People have criticized Disney for throwing that onto Disney Plus proper because it's TVMA or TV Mature um, for that fact that it isn't geared really towards everyone. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting distinction. Um, I was kind of hoping for Daredevil, but if they bring back Daredevil, are they going to make it TVMA? And I'm wondering if they don't want to do that because they want to be able to merge Daredevil into the MCU. But I, again, mm-hmm. I don't think it really matters necessarily. It's in the same way that Deadpool, bringing Deadpool into the Avengers universe and having mm-hmm. him in one of the movies, like in Multiverse and Mad, uh, uh, sorry, Multiverse of Madness, like he's rumored to be in, like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. If they were able to bring... Deadpool in, he's not going to be swearing in that. That's going to be a 14A at most, PG-13 probably movie. So they're just not... Maybe they'll give him the one fuck. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe. But they haven't been inclined to use the F word in any Marvel property that's a not, again, a Deadpool movie, which was initially made by Fox already. So it's kind of an interesting situation, but I, I still hope for a TVMA Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still something I'm hoping for, and... Uh, and that would be just for adults. So maybe to, to actually reference Ken's email, because this is all branched off of Ken's email from last week. Kenneth Saddlebauer, a longtime listener, a longtime writer in every episode of our show, he specifically wrote into us last week saying that Miss Marvel is maybe designed for more of a, a children's audience, which mm-hmm. I agree with actually a bit more than I did last week. But at the same time, I still feel like it's got to be tailored as well for adults, just like the Disney movies I loved Tangled. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like I loved Moana. Mo- Moana. I, ap- apologies, Adrian. Don't make fun of me. Moana. Moana. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, buddy. All right, Mr. Penguin. All right. Come on. What? I pronounce it right. Penguin. Pink Penguin. Yeah, it's a penguin. Yeah. Like a ping, ping pong guin. Anyway. Yeah. Terrible. Anyway, regardless. Ping pong. Yes, I like those movies. If it's if it's anything like Moana, I guess it's still for adults too. You just you gotta you gotta just make sure it's for everyone in some capacity. And I think that they're gonna do that part. My worry has been mostly about Miss Marvel. It's the cheapness of what the trailer seems to be. It's the mm-hmm. cheapness of the the visual effects. 
And that aspect that I've been most worried about, I don't care if it's a coming of age story that's tailored for teens. That's not my issue, mm-hmm. but I just want to say that just uh, for the record. Okay. That's all I've got to say on this. We've talked about this for a long time. Yeah. Adrian, do you think we covered everything? I think so. All right. Also that you you don't like that show because you're racist. I don't know. No. Yeah, we talked about no. that. No. Yeah. And we also talked about how I loved Miss Marvel in the Avengers game. And specifically, she's the highlight of the game. Do, we, do you keep forgetting that every time we host this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I do, actually. Okay. Convenient. Uh, Convenient. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Hold up. We were going to move on from Sean's email, but I have one more thing to mention. Mm-hmm. The one other thing that I'd like to point out to kind of answer Sean's inquiry is that Kevin Feige once said when the Marvel Cinematic Universe started to get popular, uh, people were look- taking notice. Critics were taking notice. People were saying, why are these movies so well-reviewed? How are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Every movie seems to be better received by audiences and critics than the last. How is it that you're pulling this off? And his answer seemed to be continuously, it's not about the overall universe. It's about making each movie great on its own. Make each movie have a succinct storyline that has a beginning, middle, and end that's satisfying. And then the rest of it is really just adding in the little features, the little Easter eggs that pulls the, the full kind of Marvel Cinematic Universe into the, into the fold. It's not about creating a giant universe and then making a good movie it's the opposite you make a good movie first get the great directors and cast members and crew to create something great and then you think about the marvel cinematic universe as a whole Mm -hmm. so i'd argue that they are each for everyone these movies that they are built for everyone they're built first to be a great movie and then they pull everyone in after there are some outliers in this obviously infinity war um, an endgame or a pair. You have to watch them together to really get the whole idea. Um, and that's a very Marvel Cinematic Universe two movies. You require them. But even Multiverse of Madness, the upcoming Doctor Strange movie, I feel like it's going to be pretty succinct as a story. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of characters that they pull into the fold. But I think they'll give context in various ways that will make it still accessible to those audiences that may not be super familiar with the characters that end up being in that movie. That's what I think is going to happen. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I feel like they've done a good job in Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, especially Eternals because it's new characters. Um, even even Spider-Man No Way Home to some extent. It's a story in in of itself in that movie. So I feel like they're going to do that um, with the other movies going forward because I feel like they've done a good job with that in their TV series and movies already. Okay. Anyways, Sean, thank you again for writing into us. Much appreciated. Yeah, thanks, man. We always appreciate when there's somebody new writing into us. Um, You can write into us about anything. Audience, please write into us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com and we will read and respond to your inquiry or correction Mm -hmm. or your comment. Adrian, what did you watch this week? Well, Simon, I guess let's segue into the new Marvel series since we've been talking about Marvel serieses. Yes. Um, and that is Moon Knight, which is the first series, sorry, first episode of, of the Moon Knight series, which uh, released this past Let Wednesday. You. Let me stop you there. It's pronounced Moon Knight. Moon Knight oh. as in like a knight in a round table kind of situation. Oh. Knight with a sword from the medieval times. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. So yeah, Moon Knight, the first episode came out on this past Wednesday and- uh, <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, I'm just going for, just to mispronounce every word this this day. I'm not actually. I hope not. 
because it, it will get tired pretty quick if it hasn't already. I feel like for most <laughs> audience members, so like I've, cool it a little bit. All right, Morbius. If you like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like it would be very difficult what? to actually mispronounce every word. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to mispronounce feel. Yeah. That's one of my favorite Key and Peele skits. I think we've talked about it previously on maybe episode 20 of Smallville Ghost, but uh, the Key and Peele like, Comedy Central show. But mm-hmm. I love that skit where the, uh, it's um, – The substitute teacher one? Yeah. Where he's like mispronouncing everyone's name? Exactly. A.A. Ron. Yeah. Jack Quillen? Jack Quillen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's, 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 good it's gold. It's golden. Anyway, Adrian, what did you think of Moon Knight? So Moon Knight episode one aired on Wednesday, as you said, mm-hmm. like – for about three hours there. Very, very longest intro to us talking about what we've been watching we've ever done on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about a 40-minute episode. It's directed by Mohammed uh, Diab. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. And this show is being screenwritten and showrun by Jeremy Slater, who I basically threw shade at earlier mm-hmm. on in our podcast because I was like, this guy's track record is not amazing and I'm a little worried. Yeah. Um, but he did have one really good show in the Exorcist series. And yeah, so what did you think of this? Like, what was your thought process on this show? It starts pretty awesomely, I think. Uh, uh, like the, the start of the episode or the or, or the this first episode as a whole? I think the whole episode, but the way the episode starts in general is pretty mm. great. And we can't spoil anything here. We're not going to spoil anything here because yeah. we're generous like that. But I think that even just the starting scene is like brilliant. I, I feel like the shoes. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually didn't really like it. I'll be honest with you. Um, I thought it was okay at best. I, I don't know. I was kind of going in like very excited, and I, I actually watched it at three a.m. like when it released, just because I like had a nap wow. and I couldn't fall back asleep. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch it like at three a.m. And I thought this episode was. I think this episode is kind of the prime example of your argument where these shows would be so much better if we could binge them because this episode, this first episode is quite slow and is a lot of setup, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but I really just wanted to watch the next episode right away to be kind of like, what the fuck is going on right now? And I think this first episode is very confusing and oddly paced. And although I think that is literally the intention of this first episode, cause you're following um, Oscar Isaac's character, uh, uh, Steven um, kind of jump through like multiple days and not really know what's going on. And again, it's, it's part of his like sort of like multiple personalities that he's kind of going through and why you don't really know what's going on and not seeing it. And again, you're kind of, you're, you're in his, you're following him directly. This one version of Oscar Isaac's character, you are following him directly and you're not seeing anything in between or after. And although it's a cool creative choice, I think for a one episode sort of thing, that's all we got. It makes for a very disjointed and confusing episode that I felt like the pacing was, was off. And that's why I wanted there to be a second episode for it to kind of uh, maybe, I don't know, I, I, I'm hoping that the second episode's not going to be as j- disjointed and sort of you're only following one versions of like one version of his personality realistically, um, and that was kind of my an, initial like thought through it. I again I liked it enough, like I, I but I don't I wouldn't actually say I didn't like it. Like I, yeah, I think I would say like I didn't really like this first episode um, in, entirely. And honestly, I think this has some of the worst CGI in a Marvel show if not the worst CGI in a Marvel show that I've, I've seen, there's a car chase scene that looks <laughs> genuinely atrocious where I was shocked and appalled. I was like, what? Uh. Like considering 
the, the the money Disney has and the production value that they put into most of their shows, and even like a show like Hawkeye with their car chase scene, that is miles better in terms that of how it looks. A highlight of that season in general. I, it, I agree. It was like a almost all in one shot in some aspects. It was very well done. Yeah, it, it just that that car chase scene really took me out of the series, and I was like, oh my god! Like I literally just out loud was just like, oh fuck, this looks awful. Um, you're oh, sorry, you're talking about Moon Knight again. Yeah, Moon Knight. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. So I thought you were talking about Hawkeye taking it oh, out no, of no, it. No. Like it took me out of it because I was like, wow, this is the greatest car chase scene ever. Yeah, it is. Um, it's not the greatest, but it's it's still just significantly better than this Moon Knight one. Um, and yeah, again, I think I think that's kind of why this first episode suffered from it. And I literally, as soon as the episode finished, I I immediately thought of you, and I was like, I think you're right. Like these shows would definitely benefit of just being, you know. Given all, like, just give me the entire fucking series so I can binge watch it. I hate this weekly shit. It's it's so it's so backwards. Or again, at the very least, do what they did with Hawkeye, where they released the first two episodes. Because I think this show. I mean, maybe I'll change my tune when I watch the second episode. But I feel like this show, out of all of the MCU shows that we've seen, would benefit most of having a second episode right away. But who knows? Maybe I'm going to hate the second, or I'm, maybe I'm not going to like the second episode either, and uh, it wouldn't have fixed anything. But what did you think, man? Obviously, you liked it. So I'm curious. Yeah, like I, I liked it for sure. I, I think that it's great. And I, my thought process after this episode was I'm tentatively excited for the rest of the season. But I know that the problem with the Marvel shows is not the beginning. For me, it's always been they can't stick the landing. And I've said this many times on this podcast. I just feel like they haven't stuck, stuck the landing on any of this, their series um, that weren't the Netflix. Except for Loki. Right. That weren't the Netflix series like the Daredevil series or Loki. And Loki mm-hmm. is really the one that I feel like they really stuck the landing and that they had something in store for the end. Theoretically, these series should get a bit of a valley in the middle where it's kind of not – you're kind of questioning it maybe a little bit. And then like that, I, ideally, it goes awesome and exciting all the way through. But mm-hmm. it would be great if they could just – Again, to be a great beginning and great ending. And uh, I just feel like that's not happened with Falcon and the Winter fella. And um, what's the other ones? Uh, One Division. The ending of that was like, ugh. God, it, it, it like really sounds and, and Hawkeye was, I've explained many times why I think Hawkeye is poor. Mm-hmm. I think it's the worst one for me personally. Yeah. Um, although it's a great holiday movie and i really like that aspect and the production values are through the roof it's funny that you mentioned the cg though because i didn't notice it at all and uh a friend at work uh mentioned to me um he's a friend from work he, he didn't mention that that was just making a silly reference yeah i got it uh, okay. that's a good reference dude that's a good reference you understood that reference i understood that reference excellent all right anyway so he specifically said to me that the CG was terrible in the car chase scene. And I was like, I did not notice that at all. And I'm like, Hmm, I'm doing a podcast later tonight. Uh, I have a strong feeling. I know someone will, will realize that it was bad CG. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Let's see if Adrian noticed. And you did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You always meant, you always notice the bad green screening or the bad, like weird cropped CG bits. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I didn't notice. I honestly didn't notice. And, the pacing thing, I just completely disagree with you. I don't mm-hmm. agree. I like this perspective was bold, and it's like how WandaVision starts. And that's why I think of, of the fact that WandaVision, especially, started very strong, ended kind of poorly. 
this show has the potential to do the same, although maybe not for you. Maybe it's just going to go into a an awesome cl- climax by the end kind of thing, like an incredible ending because you think that the beginning may not have started as as great as it could have. But I think that the the concept of following Stephen Grant in kind of shifting the tone in the way they did uh, and focusing on his character, that was arguably the best part. I feel like that that's the coolest thing because you, you do something like WandaVision where each episode's kind of a different uh, type of TV series, like a, a different uh, genre or, or should, I should say timeline in terms of uh, decade of, of types of television. TV shows. Um, yeah. Of television shows through the ages. That's brilliant. And the way that it started in black and white uh, is notoriously great. It's the production mm-hmm. values are also amazing there, though, and I feel like they spared no expense as their first Marvel series um, for their first first Marvel series, and they maybe didn't do that here, considering your disdain for the CG. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know, man. I thought that the the way they jumped around, the way they paced it, was the the brilliant chaos of what his mind is what this character's mind is and it represents that and it's like it makes you feel uneasy for a lot of the episode because of that element and one actually thing that i should mention which is really kind of neat the trailer that we saw for this and i think honestly there's nothing there's not a single moment in that trailer that we did not see in the first episode Mm-hmm. which is great and also kind of scary because it means that I don't, I don't know what's coming next, but it also means that I have nothing spoiled for me, which is kind of the opposite of how Marvel does trailers. Is, is there anything in the trailer that you think we haven't seen yet based on the, the first episode of an ep, a six episode series, Adrian? Um, no, I, I think you might be right, man. Uh, they're, they have released more trailers actually. And like, you know, I'll be like scrolling through, I don't know, Instagram or whatever. And then you'll see an ad and it'll like show a couple scenes, but I've, I've tried to avoid those at all costs. Cause like, I'm still intrigued by this show. And I, I do tend to agree with you the whole aspect with like Steven uh, Grant and like, kind of like the show makes you kind of feel bad for him a little bit. And you know, you're following him along while he's totally oblivious to what's going, what's happening. And I, I do, I do kind of like that aspect of that. But again, I think because of that, it made the pacing feel off for me, but I think you are right about the whole, those trailers that were released. I can't recall off the top of my head, but I think it pretty much only showed what's in the, yeah, that first episode that you mentioned. Which is really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Yeah. Kind of makes me be like, Oh, what's going to happen? Oscar Isaac's performance. Very good. So good. Ethan Hawke's performance. Very, very good. And people criticized his accent, Oscar Isaac's accent with the British, uh, mm-hmm. Stephen Grant. And I really don't see it. I'm not a British man though. So yeah. I guess like I can't relate to a British man in this sense, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if they still think it's bad because I know that people, again, they specifically criticized the accent online uh, after mm-hmm. seeing the trailer. I don't know if this, there's still criticisms for him, um, kind of after watching the first episode, but you kind of feel like you should be able to understand though, that this again might be the fact that he is multiple personalities and maybe mm-hmm. it's because this is what he thinks the British man sounds like. Is this British version of this character, the main version is that that's the question I feel like you have to ask and mm-hmm. we don't know the answer. Um, and even if I did know the answer, I wouldn't spoil it here. So that, that was a question I asked many episodes back. And I feel like that was well represented in this. And Oscar Isaac specifically said in an, in, in an interview, the choice of accent was deliberate. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like I see that completely. And I don't think that he goes in and out of it. I believe it. I don't know. I, I believe it personally. It may be a bit absurd in terms of the way people speak in the UK, but I feel like it doesn't matter because that's what this character thinks it sounds like to be a British man, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of really liked it. Honestly, I, I think I, I really liked it. And the only thing that I can say, um, I don't know. The, the thing I would say for sure is that I agree with you always. I will always say that the splitting up episodes and having them not bingeable and not not allowing me to watch the second episode, the third episode, fourth episode, fifth episode on my own pace is a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a problem constantly. I'll also watch Severance this week. I'm not going to talk about it because I keep talking about it every week. It just keeps getting better and better, but they leave these cliffhangers. It feels like Lost in some aspects in that way. And I love Lost and I love the mystery that Leftovers and Lost left me with. And I just feel like just let me watch this show. I just don't want to stop and start it. Apple TV Plus is the host for Severance, the show starring Adam Scott and um, none other than Christopher Walken. But again- Closet. Sure. But again, it's it's a great show, but I'd like to watch it at my own pace, Adrian. You understand? I think I understand. you understand what I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So Moon Knight, a success to start. But I'm tentatively worried. I, I'm tentative. I tentatively await the finale because I feel like that's going to be a blunder. And I'm like, oh, I see. This yeah. is another Marvel show. <laughs> okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you really didn't like it. The way you, you didn't like the very first scene. I thought it was all right. Yeah, oh. like, I don't know. Like again, I was intrigued at, by that initial scene. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I was interested enough, but I was just like, oh, this is edgy. Oh, I see. That's yeah. like a problem. Like edgy in the way that Morbius tries to be edgy or? Oh, dude, not even close. Morbius was just the most edgy, cool movie out there. Should <laughs> oh. we, we move on? We'll, we'll talk about Moon Knight as we go on in this mm. uh, throughout the season here as we watch each episode as it comes out. Uh, also, we'll do a Moon Knight A Closer Look episode, which is basically our bonus episode mm. uh, series of, of Split Focus of Film and TV podcast where we deep dive into the spoilers of the show. When all six episodes finally launch which we'll probably do for morbius unless you disagree adrian oh no i want to spoil the shit out of morbius yeah okay uh so we'll do that for sure that will come out probably wednesday or friday of this particular week um but with that i mean with that all being said morbius adrian we watched it together in theaters uh with kenneth saddlebauer Mm -hmm. a longtime listener longtime writer inner kenneth saddlebauer what did you think of morbius it sounds like you loved it based on your previous comments Dude, Morbius is one of the most Morbius movies I've ever Morbius. It's so freaking Morbius. I absolutely morbius it. How about you? Yeah, I, I would agree because that means nothing. Let's move on to the news, shall we? Uh, no. So, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, Morbius is definitely a movie, um, Simon Edie. Yeah. It is definitely a movie, um, you know. <laughs> it sure is. Sony Marvel, obviously, this is uh, from the – It's a. It's a Sony-created movie, so it has no really affiliation. Obviously, it has an affiliation to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it mm. doesn't have one in terms of producing. Oh, um, and if it does, it's not <laughs> non-existent. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I want to get this portion brief because I, I actually just want to just tear this movie apart in a closer look. This movie is okay. genuinely I just, atrocious. I just want to give it more background. It stars Jared Leto, Matt Smith. It also is directed by Daniel Espinoza, who directed Life, 
which the, hilariously, and I didn't know this. The prequel to Venom. Yeah, we thought it was the prequel to Venom, the first mm-hmm. Venom movie with Tom Hardy. And we were like, we were convinced before we watched Venom. And then when it wasn't after we got out of the movie theater, we we're like, what a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> because it seemed like it was perfect. Um, <sighs> and uh, again, the Deadpool writers even wrote Life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're great writers and Life was a great movie. But really uh, like Daniel Espinosa um, directed this as well. And uh, Yes. Yeah. I feel like Daniel Espinosa directed this movie in the early 2000s. Um, and they just held on to this for this long. It, this movie is just... Well, it did get delayed like 10 times. <laughs> so maybe. This movie is the ultimate April Fool's joke. And I don't even like April Fool's. This is just... That, again, I, I led to this. This movie to me is genuinely atrocious. Like I, But it's it's one of those so bad it's like... I wouldn't even say it's so bad it's good. It's so bad that it's enjoyable because you can just laugh at its ridiculousness. Okay. The It feels so... It feels like a movie that has not learned from movies over the past 20 years. All those MCU movies, the the X-Men movies, it just it didn't learn from any of them. Um, mm. even like the Venom movies that came prior, it felt dated and and ridiculous and corny and just took itself so seriously when it just really should not have. And although I did not like Venom let there be another Venom that's red, um <laughs> that movie at the very least didn't take itself seriously. So you can be like, ha, it's not funny. <laughs> and it's not even unintentionally funny. It's just like a, I mean, I guess there's like two scenes in particular where I was like, that's actually kind of funny. Um, but that movie is just, at least it was brief. It was fast paced. It's like, whatever, there's good performances. And this movie is just unintentionally funny, funny at, at multiple moments because of just its absurdity. It's, again the, the level that it takes itself so seriously i think some of the performances were actually quite great i think matt smith actually did a very good job playing um milo or whatever the fuck the guy's name is because they keep on changing it lucius i think is what his name is and then he's like no i'm just gonna call you milo you're the you're the you're you're anyways doesn't matter uh we're, we'll jump into that a little bit more in uh, a closer look but it's it's so bad <laughs> it's just so bad man what about what about morbius like what about jared leto's performance uh he just honestly all i was thinking of like when he's walking there's like these are in the trailers he's like walking with like the walking sticks and stuff like that and i'm just like this motherfucker probably did this on set for days just pretending to be slightly crippled to to play this role just like he did during blade runner where he pretended to be blind and just like when he was on Suicide Squad sending dead rats to his coworkers. And honestly, I, I'm, I'm very biased against Jared Leto. I don't like him. I don't think he's a good actor. I liked him in House of Gucci just because he, he's just so over the top and he's the comic relief in that movie. Um, but I just, don't, I just don't like him. And he's also, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like him. And <laughs> I didn't like his performance really in this movie either. Um, yeah. What did, you, what did you think, man? Honestly, <laughs> wow, that's you got strong feelings about yeah. how bad you believe this movie to be. Um, hmm, you said a lot of good things there. I feel like uh, you're a bit more on the extreme compared to what I'm gonna say. I don't hate it, but I don't think it's a good movie. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. In the same way, I feel like Venom Let There Be Carnage or Let Them Be a Red Venom, which I mm-hmm. think is a an apt title. Um, 
Venom Let There Be Carnage, I thought about it recently, and I don't know how we didn't mention this on the podcast, but it's basically the Venom movie again. Yeah. It's really very much like it's... Because Venom, the Venom movie by Ruben Fleischer mm-hmm. is basically like director Ruben Fleischer with Tom Hardy in it, obviously. Yeah. That movie is basically just a Marvel Cinematic Universe Marvel formula, Marvel, Marvel formula movie, like in the vein of Iron Man or Black Panther mm-hmm. or Ant-Man or Doctor Strange, but with no humor or less humor or just edgy kind of humor that you'd not, this is not really that funny. Except for the lobster tank scene. Which is amazing. But I yeah. think that is because of Tom Hardy, because Tom Hardy is so great. Mm-hmm. And watching Tom Hardy be this like sweaty mess the whole movie is the highlight of the movie. And it's fun to watch because he's so like he's quite um, great at what he does, and his accent was really good. Even though people I feel like criti- criticize that too, that accent as well, uh, being not a New Yorker accent or a proper one. But Venom: Let There Be Carnage is the same movie, basically. Again, it's a Marvel Cinematic Universe origin story again, kind of, and they just basically do the same thing, where mm-hmm. you're fighting your inner demon, but you're also just fighting someone who looks like you that is the same. But it's also a little bit of a rom com. Kind of, yeah. I think they're both like that actually, yeah. but they're also not that funny. Like the jokes, they're trying to make them funny, and they're not really that funny. Like it, there was like many moments where I was like, "Hmm, that's a, just a cringy joke." Like I don't mm. really feel it. But Tom Hardy's performance in both, and Woody Harrelson's really good in Venom: Let There Be Carnage, as well. And so Tom Hardy's great in both, and I, I like that part. This movie is the same movie as you just said. Yeah. And I completely agree. I just feel like they just did the same thing again. But like, how did you do the same thing again? Like, what is the benefit? Again, they make some quips. They make some quips throughout, but they're just not that funny. Like, there's not a lot. I feel like there's not as many cringy jokes as perhaps uh, Venom Let You Be Carnage. Mm-hmm. Or like ill-conceived jokes, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like this movie is just, it doesn't. It almost wraps up too quickly too in a way. And I'll talk about this during the closer look. I feel like the special effects are really kind of cool in some aspects. I feel like you're going to burn me for that mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a little later. I disagree. Yeah, I think I think they, they're not good. Okay. Uh, I didn't mind them in, in some aspects. We can again talk about that on, on the A Closer Look. And I like Jared Leto. And I know you don't. So like, I feel like not liking Jared Leto going into it, you're going to have a biased opinion a bit, maybe. I like him in 2049. I think that he's... Actually, I, I probably liked him the least in House of Gucci, funny enough. Um, and I liked him as the Joker, funny enough, too, which is probably one of his most criticized performances ever. Yeah. I thought he was the worst Joker, but still mm-hmm. did a good job, was my take, is that the Joker can be interpreted so many different ways, and that was yeah. his interpretation, and I liked it because it was just different, and it was cool. And uh, again, we've talked about this before, but people say, oh, I don't want to see the Joker again in a, in a live-action Batman movie um, because we've seen the Joker so many times. And it's like, well, we've seen the Batman so many times. Like, we've seen mm-hmm. Batman in many iterations. Many different actors have played him. We're seeing the same thing with the Joker, who's mm-hmm. really Batman's arch nemesis. Yes, there's a giant rogues gallery, but I'd rather see this massive interpretation um, a difference between all of these different actors. But anyways, I digress. I like this movie okay. Is it good? No, it is not good. And it literally has one of the worst end credit scenes, mm, the worst end credit scene mm-hmm. that I have personally ever seen. It is so bad. I can't even believe that someone wrote this who's a professional screenwriter. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. It's shocking. 
and it's like I don't know—is it made for children? It's fan. I, it's it's written by some high school kid fan fiction. Yeah, it's literally, that's how it felt like. It's not good, and we're not going to spoil it here because we don't mm. spoil things on this podcast. But we will talk about it in the uh, closer look episode, which is our bonus episode, which is coming out later. As, as I just said moments ago, um, mm-hmm. what else do I have to say? I don't know. I just feel like the Matt Smith Jared Leto dynamic that was very interesting. I think they're both good actors, and they played off of each other well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's certain actors that were completely or actor that was completely underutilized, considering how good he is. Maybe mm-hmm. we can talk about that later. And um, yeah, I don't know. You didn't like the CG. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. This movie is vast majority exposition. Uh, oh, just, interesting. Interesting other take. They explain everything. There's also some other hints uh, as to where this lands in the cinematic universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, God. And it's pretty interesting. That's kind of cool to me in a in a – in a cautiously pessimistic way. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how else to, des- <laughs> how else to describe that. Um, uh, cautiously optimistic, but I'm not really optimistic at all. Uh, I don't know what else to say, but there is a bunch of hints that they dropped throughout. And Kenneth Saddlebauer, who we watched the movie with, actually pointed out some really cool moments in it that actually harken back to other horror movies and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't again, I don't think it's completely terrible, but I almost feel like it's on the same vein as Venom, but it's just you're completely right to say that they did not learn from literally 28 movies or whatever has been already mm-hmm. established in the Marvel cinematic universe. Like how did you not learn? How did you not change anything? And you made this as humorless as possible. It seems like, um, I don't know. It's very strange. It's, it's a very strange movie, but for me, it lands where the venom and the venom let there be carnage movies land in terms of my, my like for it. That's what I would say. I think they're worse, and I think this movie's worse than Suicide Squad. You, you think this movie's worse, or are you saying Venom's worse? I think this movie is worse. Okay, okay. Because you said there. I was like, oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. Sorry, this movie's worse than Suicide Squad? I think so. Like the, obviously not the Suicide Squad by Yeah, James not Gunn. the Suicide Squad. I mean <laughs> yeah. Suicide Squad. 2016 Suicide Squad. Yeah. By uh, David Iyer. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's not really by him. Because he's like, ah, this is not my cut. This is not what I wanted. David Iyer said. Yeah. He's, he's practically disowned the movie. So Yeah, that's fair. Or, uh, yeah, like that movie's bad on a whole other level. There's so many problems with that movie that I don't agree with you. But uh, yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it in the closer look. Have you watched anything else this week? Um, I'll keep it real bl- brief, but I watched Coda. It's fantastic. I really loved oh, it. Oh, cool. Yeah, That's awesome. I'm glad you watched it. Um, if you want to hear my review, just listen to Simon's review last week because I, I am 100% in agreement with everything you said last week. Um, it's two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. That's what I meant. Um, Episode 90. I really love that movie. I really love that movie. It's really good. That's awesome. Um, is it ranked pretty high in terms of the overall Adrian movie rankings in terms of where you, you place it? Or I'm curious. Like, um, it, it's you... not my favorite movie of last year, I would say. Okay. Your favorite movie is, of course, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City or... Correct, yeah. So that's number one oh uh, with Drive My Car, number two, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. Drive My Car. My mistake. Mm-hmm. I should have should have realized, but yeah. Coda's my number one. I really do love it. I just, it's just beautiful. Did it make you cry? I'm curious. Uh, I didn't, no, it didn't make me cry. I teared up. Oh. Like, I, I wasn't like, okay. like you were doing, I imagine. Well, but, um, <laughs> I didn't say I did that. <laughs> okay. But I did, I definitely did tear up. There's, yeah, one scene in particular. Um, okay. Takes place at night. Just sitting out on the back of a truck. It's beautiful, and I, 
I think we mentioned this on the, the podcast last week about uh, Troy Kotzer's Oscar speech and how beautiful it is, but uh, mm-hmm. it's awesome. And his ability, Troy Kotzer's ability to really make comedy with uh, American Sign Language is masterful, man. I agree. And, and it's shown in that movie for sure, but it's even shown on stage during the speech. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he's just really good. He's a really good signer for sure. So know, anyway, he's awesome. Well-deserved. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything else? Is that everything you watched? That's it, baby. That's it. That's all. Cool. All right. I watched one more thing, and I'm going to talk about it very, very briefly. <gasps> HBO Max's Our Flag Means Death. Ooh. Is that done? Is it finished? It's done. Finished. Oh, nice. Okay, I'm going to jump into that. Fuck yeah. There's 10 episodes, um, and this is, of course, a Taika Waititi somewhat directed series in which basically uh, a pirate by the name of Steed Bonnet He's basically, he's not really a pirate. He's just this guy who, who's like a, I don't know, his family's rich and he decides that instead of just taking his inheritance and having a family or whatever and being like all happy and like land, he decides to become a pirate instead for some reason. And uh, is played by Reese Darby, uh, this fella. And Reese Darby's uh, known for Jumanji, but he's also known for the, the, the Taika Waititi movie, um, What We Do in the Shadows. And uh, it's just a ridiculously ridiculous <laughs> show. It's uh, As I just said, it's 10 episodes. I'm on episode three now. So I've watched two of those episodes. And uh, they're just, again, some of the actors of this, they it's just really, really funny. And they're a ridiculous group of people that just shouldn't be pirates <laughs> in a nutshell. And so when you watch yeah. more or watch any of it, Adrian, we can talk about it some more. Yeah, definitely. My parents actually uh, watched, I don't know if they watched all of it, but they recommended it to me because I think they released the first three episodes at the same time. So uh, they watched all three of those. My mom was like, oh, you should really watch this. Um, so I, I was definitely planning on to. I remember we talked about this many, many episodes ago too. So I'm glad that it's done. I didn't realize it was done so quick. That's that's sweet. Yeah, yeah. All 10 episodes are, are done. And I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Curious how it's going to pan out. I wasn't the biggest fan of the first episode, but I'm like, I know that Taika Waititi, he has a little bit of a slow burn comedy. Even with what we do in the shadows, I was kind of like, what is this? Even the start, mm-hmm. the first like 10 minutes or so. So I feel like as it as it went, goes on, you just get accustomed to this very quirky comedy that he brings to that and to, um, I think it's more uh, rambunctious in Thor Ragnarok, but certainly he brings it to um, uh, even Jojo Rabbit in some way too. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's very, it's very good. He's not, by the way, I'm, I'm giving a lot of credit to Taika Waititi, but he just directed the first episode. It's actually mm-hmm. the creator of this is a fellow by the name of David Jenkins. Oh. Just to be clear. Davey Jenks, as I call him. Yeah, of course. All right, Adrian, should we move on to the news? Uh-uh. Hmm, but we're going to do that anyway, so oh, no. it's too bad for you. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused news stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one. As publication Deadline reports, the Warner Brothers streaming service HBO Max is working on an It prequel TV series called Welcome to Derry, which is looking to explore the years and months before the events of director Andy Muschietti's It Chapter 1 from 2017. It was initially a novel written by best-selling author Stephen King. In the novel and the movies, a malevolent clown kidnaps children in the small town of Derry, Maine, while a band of brave Derry kids attempt to fight back. Wonder Woman screenwriter Jason Fuchs will serve as showrunner, while IT director Andy Muschietti and his partner Barbara Muschietti are set to executive produce the new show. Adrian, what do you make of this new HBO Max series? 
Simon, I make that this is a really good idea, actually. This is actually, I think, a brilliant idea, even. Because I, I for one, I never watched the original, like, It movie or that It miniseries. But I really, really loved the It uh, Chapter 1 and 2 by Andy Muschietti. And I think what they do in that movie is they they arguably set up like a prequel series. They talk about, you know, the years that led up to the, you know, the events of the movie. And they also just reference many, many years going back, I think, over a century about these events that happened with um, Pennywise the Clown. And I think because of that, you can make a very intriguing and interesting even like an anthology series where it's just Pennywise coming back every, I forget the, the, the time in between that he shows up every single time. It's like 20 something years or 30 something years. I don't remember exactly, but I think you can make a very uh, interesting and intriguing show out of this. Um, what do you think, Simon? Yeah, it, it, it could be interesting for sure. I've seen both it movies like the Andy Muschietti ones, definitely not the past series. And I did not uh, read the book, but I did like what Andy Muschietti has done done with this series and i'm glad that he's executive producing it because i think that if he kind of gives it a bit of bit of a direction and is involved in some way i feel like it could be pretty good um Hmm. i'm curious what they could do with this i'm tentatively curious i don't know i liked it uh quite a bit i think the Mm -hmm. those two movies so again i'm just uh patiently waiting to see what they end up doing for this series yeah, man, and I, I feel like the tone of those movies, it's uh, obviously like a very – it's honestly terrifying, uh, like a very terrifying horror movie. But the way they balance kind of comedy throughout those two movies in particular is – Great cast. Great cast in both. Oh, dude, such a great cast. And it's like – it's very brilliantly, again, balanced tonally. And if you can kind of, I guess, um, mimic that familiar tone – where it's not all terrifying, where you actually kind of like watching these kids go through it and like shooting the shit with one another. Um, I think you can, again, create something very special. And I'm very curious who they might cast in this and like what what the real direction will be. Like, are they going to do it like every like 30? I, I, I can't, I'm super curious. I want to say it's like 37 years, but I might be totally wrong about that. But yeah, like I'm curious what you can do and what you can come up with. And again, like, I'm a I'm a big horror fan as of late, especially in these like past couple of years. So if I can get like a really awesome horror series, dude, color me in, dude. Count me in. It looks like it's 27 years. 27 years. Okay, I knew there was a seven and I knew there was a three something in front of that seven. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's close to 30, but not quite. It's 27. Yeah, it's it's most of the years leading up to 30, but not some of the years. That are 30. Exactly. Exactly. Very Bringing it back. Very well done. Adrian, number two. As Deadline reports, the Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes hosted 2022 Oscar ceremony were up by 73% in total viewership over the hostless 2021 Oscar ceremony. The 94th annual Academy Awards ceremony garnered 16.6 million viewers over the course of its over three-hour show. Notably, The viewership was bumped up by around 500,000 sets of eyes after Will Smith slapped comedian Chris Rock for presenting what Smith found to be a wildly disrespectful joke about his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. Which he initially laughed at, and you can see it. After Will Smith won the award for Best Actor for the film King Richard, a similar jump in viewership occurred, with an extra 600,000 viewers tuning in for more potential live awards show drama. 
Overall, the 2022 Oscars is being called the most social Oscars telecast ever on record, with a 139% increase over the social media interactions recorded in 2021. In regards to the infamous Will Smith slap, actor Will Smith recently apologized publicly to Chris Rock and resigned from the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences due to what he called his betrayal of trust of the Academy. According to publication The Hollywood Reporter, Netflix has placed their Will Smith starring action film Fast and Loose on the back burner due to his Oscars incident, with no current plans for replacing him as the lead. Fast and Loose is a mob boss-centered action flick that initially had John Wick director David Leitch attached to direct until Leitch dropped out a week prior to the Oscars due to scheduling conflicts. Adrian, what do you make of all of this? This is uh, quite the jump for the mm-hmm. Oscars viewership, which is a good thing, I, I'd imagine, I guess. Yeah. But uh, bad in some ways, like, I guess, as well for the reasons for some of the jumps. Yeah. Um. So real quick, uh, I'll just mention Leech dodged a bullet, uh, bullet there. Bullet there, Jesus Christ. Leech <laughs> dodged a bullet by dropping out of that movie that is now shelved anyways um, by Netflix. So uh, good for him, I guess. Um, but yeah, the whole um, Oscars going up by 73% in total viewership. That's awesome. Um, I'm glad. And I think uh, we've talked about it at length about how not having a host at the Oscars was stupid and that it was a much needed addition to the Oscars to, to create a more cohesive and balanced show realistically. Um, and I know that isn't totally what increased that viewership count. And I th- a lot of that had to do with the whole Will Smith situation, slapping Chris Rock. It's still nice to see. And honestly, I should actually mention something. Before yeah. that ever happened, Troy Kotzer won the award for Best Supporting Actor. And actually, that was the moment uh, for that Oscar ceremony that the viewership was the highest, actually, oh. I'd read. So I, I did say that there was a negative of the fact that it increased in these weird uh, peaks every time mm-hmm. uh, Will Smith was involved. Uh, but in reality... I think it was just better in general, and then it peaked up even more so that the overall average was probably higher because of Will Smith. But mm-hmm. um, Troy Kotzer's speech, was, which was beautiful, which I mentioned earlier, uh, is actually a peak, a pretty high peak mm-hmm. for the ceremony, which is fantastic because it was beautiful. Yeah, that is awesome, actually. That is really beautiful. God, Coda was so good, man. I know we briefly talked about it earlier, but that's a really freaking phenomenal movie. Super special. It, um, Yeah, it kind of – not to go on a, a tangent – which I'm literally just about to do. It kind of reminded me of Lady Bird in a way. Um, yeah. 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 Me Lady too. Bird. And actually to talk about this, the thing that's the worst about talking about all this slap and bullshit is the fact that that was what this award show was really about is celebrating these amazing movies, these amazing moments, these amazing actors, these amazing technicians, these uh, sound designers and and everything like that and, and, and costumers, et cetera. They're just not acknowledged as much as this stupid moment Mm -hmm. and this is the biggest problem and so you tangenting to say that code is amazing the best picture winner Mm -hmm. for 2022 is i mean you can apologize all you want but it doesn't bother me because it's really what we should be talking about i guess this is a this story overall is a bit more branching because of the craziness of will smith but i feel like we didn't talk enough even last week about the fact that Questlove won best documentary it's a thing that's like completely slighted in a way Questlove is amazing and the fact that he won uh best uh, best documentary right after uh will smith slapped chris rock Mm -hmm. meant that his complete win was overshadowed the fact that he 
one for an amazing movie. I haven't seen it, to be honest, but mm-hmm. I think it's on Disney Plus, right? Summer of Soul is what it's called. Is apparently amazing. It's 99% on mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes, which is just very high. And um, we also didn't even mention uh, about Billie Eilish winning uh, uh, an Oscar for best um, original song with her uh, brother uh, Phineas. Phineas. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great moment too that we missed, but the the I feel like the real overshadowed fellow was Questlove, just because. Yes. It's, it's again, it just happened right after the stupid mm-hmm. moment. But anyway, yeah. Anything else you kind of were thinking about this? Well, honestly, I don't know. I, I I've been thinking about it, and like honestly, what Will Smith is just—it's an awful thing. He definitely should have uh, shouldn't have done it, and I'm glad that he at the very least apologized for it that and there was a lot more because both you and i were like why the fuck wasn't he removed and you know reports have been leaked that he literally refused to leave and then the police officers were there and like re- like we're like we can actually remove him from there and then the academy was like no like that's going to cause more issues and then chris rock decided not to press any charges which is uh i guess like good for him for like doing that but honestly like i just i i I, I feel bad for Will Smith in a way because honestly, Jada Pinkett Smith just like demasculated him over and over on her fucking podcast, you know, admitting that like she cheated on him because he and he should have known because like if if she if he loved her enough, then he would have known that she was cheating on him shit like that. And I feel like it almost seems like Will Smith is like a broken man right now. And he was just trying to be all masculine and went up on stage and made a like a fucking ridiculously stupid mistake in slapping Chris Rock there. But like I said, even like when that joke happened, you the camera is on Will Smith and you see him laughing and you see Jada Pinkett Smith like shaking her head like in disappointment or whatever. And then yeah, she rolls her eyes. Yeah. And the camera cuts away and then all of a sudden Will Smith is walking up on stage and it's just like what happened in that brief period? He like probably looked at his wife and was like, Oh, this is upsetting to her. I need to make sure that she doesn't fucking cheat on me again or something like that. Um, I don't know. I'm obviously jumping to conclusions, but it's a, it's an upsetting situation. And like, I, I, Will Smith is a phenomenal actor. There's no doubt about that. He literally won best actor, but I was still like very disappointed. Like he got a standing ovation after literally performing assault. And honestly, it looks like his career is, kind of falling i know again he won best picture but netflix is pulling out of you know some of the things that he's doing and i don't think the perception of him is totally positive now one thing i will admit i have been loving the memes that have come out of this situation i really have i think it's it's top quality meme content and it's been relentless but again it's still a very shitty situation Mm, yes two things one He's still attached to Emancipation, which is his uh, Apple TV Plus movie, I believe it's a movie, uh, Mm -hmm. that still seems to be in the works. Um, I don't know that that will be changed or that might get canceled. I feel like David Leach might have been a pretty important part of that movie that he was uh, doing, Fast and Loose, with Netflix. So I feel like Mm -hmm. maybe that's kind of why that kind of uh, went to the back burner for Netflix. And maybe they'll even get back to it with Will Smith, with a different director. It's possible when things cool down because they're very hot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't really cooled down at all. Like they very recently, he, Will Smith very recently resigned from the Academy. So I feel like that's, it's hot. Um, yeah. But there's one thing that's really bothered me about this the most. And it's, it's the comments on my social media uh, 
of people comparing this to other events that happened at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's a phrase I feel like people use sometimes when they're talking about certain events like this, and, and they're using the kind of concept of what aboutisms. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, they're they're basically saying, well, what about the the moment where Harvey Weinstein won an Oscar? Mm-hmm. What about in 1973 when a Native American, like an Indigenous woman, won an Oscar, and she was there was somebody going to go up on stage and beat her up and the security guards kind of had to hold somebody back while she was making comments about the fact that indigenous people are continuously disrespected on screen mm-hmm. in 1973. Like 50 fucking years ago. And I, was, I just think, well, it's a long time ago, sure. But it's also this concept that like, why are you making light of something that happened that's bad with another thing that's worse. I, I don't I don't understand that. It, it just doesn't add up at all. I, I'm very mm-hmm. confused because a lot of people that I respect are doing this on social media, like on my personal social media. I've seen it on Twitter with less personal people that I don't know really. And I just find this kind of odd. And I don't necessarily respect that. Again, definitely the random people on Twitter, but mm-hmm. I'm just confused. I, I don't understand. Like even obviously the Harvey Weinstein winning an Oscar wasn't that long ago. It was maybe 20 years, whatever. That's a bad situation, but if it doesn't really matter. It has no no merit in comment on what happened here. Mm-hmm. Violence is not the answer. You cannot go on stage and slap a comedian. And this is the major thing that I need to say. I feel like to close this off before we probably don't talk about this again, unless there's some weird bombshell revelation in the next week. But mm-hmm. I feel like the biggest problem with this whole thing is this. Chris Rock is a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. He goes out every night potentially to a stage of, I don't know, thousands of people. And like the, if you're going in Canada, maybe the Scotiabank arena or, or elsewhere in, you know, the Madison square garden, he'll sell at a crowd. People aren't going to go up on stage there to slap him if they don't like a joke. Mm-hmm. But there are lots of stand-up comedians across the country who are not Will Smith, but might may take a page out of Will Smith's book when they don't like a joke. That's something about their life in some way. That's maybe that comedian just doesn't realize. And that mm-hmm. person now thinks that they can just go up on stage and punch that person in the face. That I, is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. And it's the biggest problem about this. There is nothing that should allow you to go on stage when a comedian's material has offended you slightly to punch him. I agree completely. Yeah, no, 100%, man. I agree completely. And I think that is uh, probably the most important takeaway of this entire situation. Will Smith, unfortunately, um, arguably normalized being able to abuse a person for making a joke when it's literally Chris Rock's job. He was hired. He was brought on there probably to crack jokes. And it's not the first time that, you know, hosts or people that are presenting awards have, have, uh, have made jokes, uh, you know, about people and that have been in poor taste. You mentioned Ricky Gervais last week um, at the Golden Globes, how he literally just tears into every fucking person to like a crazy extent. If a guy who's been in show business this long, uh, as long as Will Smith has, is that offended by this joke? Like, again, think about all the people that these comedians go up in front of, in front of, in, in a comedy club that's maybe lesser known. And it's like, it's just, a, they're taking a bit more of a risk. Yeah. They're going to get, you know, something lobbed at their face. Which has happened many times. It's not, it's just violence is just not the answer. And again, I just cannot explain. I cannot, 
I can't understand why anyone would take this and think, well, let's just make light of it because of something that happened in 1973, which was worse. Mm -hmm. And to think that the Oscars haven't gotten better, they're trying to get better. They're changing the Oscar, the Academy's uh, composition to make it more inclusive. They're trying to get better. Are we just going to say, well, you know what? They let Harvey Weinstein win and a bunch of other abusers. And so therefore, you know what? They're hopeless anyway. That's not the case. They're not mm -hmm. hopeless. They've made mistakes and they're trying to fix them at least. They're not claiming that they're just keeping it the same. This is a silly argument. I just don't – I'm so confused. It was the, the most confusing thing over the last week that I was seeing yeah. on my social media. And I'm just like, okay. Okay. You think violence is okay then? <laughs> After someone says a joke? Yeah. Yeah. It's so silly. I, I don't know. I it's just uh, it's a silly it's a silly thing and uh, I think you know what it is? I feel like the reasoning if I were to, you know, put like the psychological like the my, you know, psychiatrist hat on for a second. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, lay down on that couch there, Adrian. I will. Lay back. I'm actually going to lay down. I'm going to I'm going to do the bit. Oh, okay. I'm lying down. I'm not even joking. I just moved. Now I'm lying down. I feel like I've drawn this out too much. Will Smith is a respected <sighs> guy in Hollywood. He's generally generally not made very many mistakes. He seems like a good guy. He's been okay in interviews. People seem to respect him, generally. But mm -hmm. when you break the idea of Will Smith being this good guy, this facade that we all know, which he might still be a good guy. He maybe just made a bad mistake. Who knows? We don't know who Will Smith is, though, because we don't know him. We never met him. As fans, we don't know him. But people have this idea mm -hmm. as this constant in their brain. It's like a baseline for maybe a part of their personality even is that they loved Will Smith and, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They loved what Will Smith potentially stands for. If Will Smith slaps a man on stage, maybe it's just difficult for some fans to wrap their heads around it. They can't understand. They've, it's almost broken a part of their reality. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, they kind of just feel like they have to defend him. It doesn't matter that he, that he slapped Chris Rock on stage. It doesn't matter that he resorted to violence. He must have had a good reason because we love Will Smith. Mm -hmm. And that's like, a, I don't know, it's an interesting thing because that's the only thing I can think of why you would condone violence on a live stage. And uh, it's just, it's strange, I guess. And one other thing, Chris Rock took that slap like a champ. Mm -hmm. Will Smith wound up, he hit him. And the reason why I didn't think that it was initially not a bit was because Chris Rock took it like a real professional, and he was a complete mm -hmm. gentleman about it. He did not get Will Smith thrown out. He specifically requested that Will Smith not be thrown out. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently, according to reports, but he also, I mean, didn't press charges. So I feel like those reports are probably accurate. So yeah. So kudos to Chris Rock, I guess. But uh, wow. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Dr. Simon. I'm going to sit back up now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know if that was worth okay. it for you. But it was. Ah, fuck. Uh, yeah, it was fine. And, uh, so you did, did you lay down in your sock drawer there? Is that how you have it laid out? You, you just jumped into the sock drawer? No, no. Uh, again, the sock drawer is in front of my couch. I'm just picturing your legs, your knees up in the air, and you're just sitting in the sock drawer, and you're just kind of looking. No, I have my, I have my legs uh, out around the sock drawer. Oh. Makes it a breathable for the uh, in between my legs. It sounds like you're in a and closet, <laughs> based on this description. No, no. There's a couch. I'm in my living room. There's a nice... View. Why would you have to wrap your legs around a sock drawer? 
Well, like I could push it out further, Simon, but then the mic, the, the microwave, the microphone is further than me or farther from me. There honestly might as well be a microwave in the room because I have no, I am even more confused as, your, as to your setup now than I was before. So mm-hmm. congratulations, you've done it. It's a nice thing. But um, before we move on, yeah, I'm sorry for causing this entire situation with time travel. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shouldn't have said anything. Sure enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sean, for keeping us accountable. Um, I appreciate you. Anyway, number three, as Variety reports, Dunkirk star Harry Styles has dropped out of the Lighthouse director, Robert Eggers, upcoming Nosferatu film remake due to scheduling conflicts. The original Nosferatu movie is a vampire horror film from 1922, directed by F.W. Murnau, and based upon author Bram Stoker's 1897 novel, Dracula. Eggers' new remake was meant to pair up Harry Styles with Eggers' longtime collaborator, Anya Taylor-Joy, who not only starred in horror movie The Witch for Robert Eggers, but also is set to star in his upcoming Viking-centric Northman movie that is scheduled to hit theaters on April 22nd, 2022. Adrian, Hmm. what do you make of this? Again, you choose the stories. This one was an interesting uh, one for me to write because I was curious as to why you chose this particular story out of the options we had. So I'm curious what you have to say. Honestly, my main thing about this is just, I, I'm kind of shocked that Harry Styles would drop out. Yeah, sure, it's scheduling conflicts, but what is more important? I mean, maybe it's something huge, but like Robert Eggers has proven himself to be one of the new upcoming like horror art house movie directors. And I feel like this would have been a really great way for Harry Styles to really, you know, put a put a flag in the ground or whatever the phrase is to say, like, hey, I'm actually like I'm a really great actor and I'm in this. And, I, and again, I loved him in uh, Dunkirk. I think he's fantastic in Dunkirk. But I feel like this was a an odd choice by him because Robert Eggers, I, I don't know about the Northman movie, which is coming out later this month, which I am so genuinely excited for. I can't freaking wait for that movie. It looks phenomenal. Amazing cast. But so far, Amazing cast. Yeah. Oh, dude. Unbelievable. But so far, this director is two for two. And not just like kind of two for two where it's like, ah, this one's all right. This one's okay. No, they're two really, really good fucking movies that are just brilliant, brilliantly directed with amazing casts, very well acted. And I just feel like this is uh, – an interesting to- choice for Harry Styles to drop out of out of this, and yeah, I'm almost uh, a little bit disappointed. I want to see what else this guy can do. I'm not a fan of One Direction or anything like that, but again, I thought he was really great in Dunkirk, and it's kind of cool that I feel like a lot of people are fans of Harry Styles. I was at uh, was at, my, at my dental office getting my teeth cleaned the other day, and and we were talking about a specific uh, movie where he actually appears in like very late into the movie and she's like oh yeah i'm a huge harry styles fan i heard he was in this i'm now gonna watch it even though i'm not a fan of like this franchise i i think you know what i'm referring to something i just don't want to spoil it because it's kind of a spoiler i Uh, do i do i think most anyone who listens to our podcast probably knows as well i think but who knows yeah but she was literally just like oh man yeah i heard harry styles in this like it is in that movie i want to watch it and i feel like this would have been a benefit to Robert Eggers as well, because now it's just going to bring more people that are like fans of One Direction, fans of of this guy to this amazing, high quality director. 
And uh, again, I, all in all, I'm just kind of disappointed about this. I feel like uh, it's a it's a mistake for him. I feel like he should have stuck around. And again, who knows? Maybe he's doing something crazy, maybe something huge. And that's why uh, this is uh, why he dropped out. But I, I would have really liked to see him in this. And again, Anya Taylor-Joy is just, she's brilliant, man. Like, uh, why wouldn't you want to work with her as well? Like she, I, I everything she is in, she just envelops the character that she's playing she's she's brilliant and i don't know i i'm i'm a little yeah i'm just disappointed about this hmm. what about what do you think man yeah i i mean it's hard to surmise much i don't know what what the reasoning is like scheduling conflicts for what is kind of the question i mean the next big movie that i'm going to see him in is likely this year's don't worry darling um mm-hmm. with florence Pugh, right yeah with florence Pugh and directed by olivia wilde and uh, starring Chris Pine and Gemma Chan and um, yeah, that that one's going to be an interesting one. I just I I kind of agree with you. I guess is that what could have made it that you wouldn't star in a Robert Eggers movie because he just has a very distinct vision. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I don't think that Robert Eggers put uh, Pattinson on the map because I feel like he's been on the map since Twilight. But I I feel like on a perspective of like an amazing actor, I feel like the 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 reason I started seeing Robert Pattinson a little bit differently, I feel like was the lighthouse. Um, mm-hmm. Not that he hasn't had great performances in other things throughout. I just feel like after the lighthouse, I was like, whoa, Robert Pattinson. Eh? Yeah. That's kind of what I was feeling like. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. Like, uh, I don't know. I thought Robert Pattinson was like fantastic. And in, in, um, actually, I don't remember. Was the lighthouse out before um, tenant? Sure was. I can't remember. Yep. Yeah. We went to a movie theater. Oh, tenant was during the pandemic. Oh yeah. You're right. You're definitely right. Long before. My timeline's all f- funky. Two years, maybe? Mm. When did The Lighthouse come out? I don't know. That movie's so good, though. 2019. Yeah, so a year before, I guess. Um, maybe a bit more, just because uh, Tenet came out at the end of the year in 2020. It came out the theaters as well, of course, but it came out the theaters like uh, just as the theaters opened. It was like everything was opening for Tenet, basically. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Christopher Nolan's kind of spy thriller. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's strange, I guess, that he's dropping out of this because I guess Robert Eggers can potentially bring a lot of attention to him as a really serious actor. I'm talking Harry Styles now. I feel like he might benefit from the way that Robert Eggers records his movies. He takes long close-up shots in some instances on his actors' faces. He doesn't have a massive cast often. I mean, I don't know about Northman, just because Northman's got a pretty large cast compared to the bottle episode that was The Lighthouse, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Even The Witch, man. Even The Witch is a very small yes. cast, too. Like, it's very focused. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, yeah. Adrian. Now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one. According to publication Variety, an eight-episode James Bond reality TV series is coming to Amazon Prime Video with James Bond stewards Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson set to produce the new series. Uh, interesting. I, I'm confused as to why they want to do this, but okay. Number two. As Variety reports, the flight attendant actress, Sharon Stone, has been cast in Warner Brothers' upcoming live-action Blue Beetle adaptation from the Detective Comics universe. Neato. Neato. Number three. As followed by publication The Hollywood Reporter, a Queen Charlotte-focused eight-episode Bridgerton spin-off prequel TV series is happening at Netflix with actress India Amartifio set to play a younger Charlotte. Oh, okay. I, I believe my m- mom really likes Bridgerton. Number four. As Variety reports Netflix is producing an interactive choose-your-own-adventure type rom-com with the royal treatment actor Lauren Morano, you actor Scott Michael Foster, and Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City 
actor Avon Yogia cast in the new movie. Oh my god, sign Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. What a fucking bop. And uh, interesting. This seems like a cool idea. Number five. As Variety reports, Oscar-winning director for The Hurt Locker, Catherine Bigelow, is directing a film adaptation of author David Kep's thriller novel, Aurora, for Netflix. I'm unfamiliar with that thriller novel, Simon. Number six. As Variety has reported, Network ABC has renewed medical drama The Good Doctor and cop drama The Rookie for a sixth and fifth season, respectively. Wow. Great stuff. Great stuff. Never watched them. Number seven. As Variety reports, Network The CW has picked up Canadian law drama Family Law, starring Firefly actor Jules State and Legally Blonde actor Victor Garber from production company Entertainment One. Oh my goodness, can't wait to see how this connects to uh, the Gotham Knights show or whatever. Number eight. As announced by Network HBO, their Game of Thrones spin-off series House of the Dragon is planned for a premiere date of August 21st, 2022. This is actually just two weeks prior to that Lord of the Rings Amazon series, eh? Mm. I think just two weeks. It's interesting. Number nine, according to Deadline, Apple has just spent over $100 million for Ozark director Jason Bateman's space race film Project Artemis. The new movie is set to star Avengers co-stars Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans. I was trying to look into like what the plot of this movie is going to be, and it's very uh, under wraps, but color me intrigued, man. Color me intrigued. Dude. Number 10. As announced by film production juggernaut Disney, Disney Plus Star Wars series Obi-Wan Kenobi has been delayed by two days and will no longer premiere on Star Wars Day, a.k.a. May 25th. The Ewan McGregor starring series will now launch on May 27th, 2022, with not one, but two episodes to begin its six-episode run. Hmm, interesting. I'm curious uh, if they're going to continue releasing those episodes on a Friday, or if they're going to switch back to Wednesday the next week. And that concludes the montage. Wah, 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 Wednesday montage. Yes, Adrian, yes. What do you got for me? What do you got? Simon Eddie, I got new releases for you. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are they? This is for the week of April They continue. I don't know. I'm so confused now. This is for the week of April 4th to April the 10th. It's a Monday to a Sunday, as per usual, Simon. And the first movie coming out is coming out on Tuesday, April the 5th. It's a movie called Midnight. It's confirmed by Movie Insider in the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. This is a Korean movie, actually, starring the uh, one cop from Squid Game. And it's uh, about a serial killer that hunts a deaf woman after she sees him commit a vicious crime. Oh, no. It seems like a cool idea. Uh, cool idea honestly vicious fun is up next confirmed by movie inside on the apple tv app this is a video on demand movie and launching on shutter day one it's a horror film it's about a horror film critic that finds himself in a self-help group for serial killers wow yeah wow indeed next up is a movie coming out on wednesday april the 6th it's a movie called Furiosa. it's a netflix original polish action movie uh, that is also an adventure movie about a policewoman making her ex-boyfriend an offer for his brother's freedom, Simon. Yes. Not to be confused during with the, Furiosa. During, of course, the apocalypse in which the whole world is a desert and they drive really, really spiky cars and have yes people with guitars that blow fire on their hoods of those same cars. Yeah. Dude, Mad Max Fury Road is such a good movie. Yeah, it is really good. Holy shit. Yeah. God damn. I was talking to my girlfriend recently and she said when I was saying, oh, Mad Max Fury Road's very good. And she's like, that mi- that, that movie made me physically sick. What? <laughs> I was like, what? 
I don't know sure what you're talking about over here, but um, yeah, anyway, I, I'm like, I, I, please elaborate. And she didn't have much to say. So I don't know. I feel uh, like I should uh, investigate more and maybe get back to you on a later date. But I was, I was quite confused. Yeah, I love that movie. It's so good. But of course, Furiosa is going to be a spinoff movie. Uh, that's like mm. a prequel with Anya Taylor-Joy. I was just about to say. Coming in the near future or far future. I think it got delayed, if I recall. So I think, it, isn't it delayed to like 2024? Yeah. Or like that? Seems like a long way away. It's like, I wonder if this is going to be the next Avatar movie, you know? Hopefully. <laughs> Although, in its defense, Mad Max Fury Road was, is one of like, one of the- Actually a good movie? One of the- best movies i've ever seen so it's i feel like in contrast to avatar which is ah. not a good movie you want me to finish your sentence yeah i thought i thought the noise i just made kind of described it perfectly i don't know what you think yeah i think uh honestly man yeah i think it did thanks can you make that noise again for me that's hard but uh i think if i just think Do of it. avatar wait 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 hmm? got it avatar mental picture ah Close enough. Close enough. Yeah, I thought so. But it, it, it evokes different emotions depending on what scene you're thinking about. Yeah. Like the scene where um, they uh, – I can't think of a scene. Oh, yeah, they bang each other with with the tails. <laughs> That's what I was thinking first. Yeah. Where technically they're banging horses as well because they connect mm. with the horses the same way they connect to each other. Yep. Yep, it's true. Avatars, they support bestiality. Very, very horny movie. For sure. <laughs> it's coming out at the end of this year. After 12 I years of, <laughs> of waiting for this or whatever. Or I don't believe it. 11 years? How long has it been? It's been a long time. 20, 2009? So when the first one came out? Right? Uh, I just don't care enough. I'll check for you, but I don't I don't care enough to remember. <laughs> oh, oh, good stuff. 2009. Yeah, you're right. December 18th, 2009. Did we talk about the fact that it made Zoe Saldana cry when she f- watched the first 20 minutes of the movie? Yeah, we definitely did, I think. Okay. Or w- well, we didn't. We might have intended to, but we might yeah. not have. But The fuck you crying about, Zoe Saldana? Well, we got, I guess we got to see it to find out. Like, are you going to watch, are we going to go see Avatar in theaters? Or are we going to wait for the reviews? And when it's like 90%, we're, we're going to be like, hmm, I guess we're just... We're just wrong or? I feel like we should just watch it. I feel like we should just bite the bullet. You just go to it like on opening day? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Simon, we have a we have a job. We have duty. To our fans. We have a duty to talk about <laughs> Avatar. Yeah. This, the hit sequel, Avatar 2, the 13 year in the making sequel. It's our job. Avatar, I feel like I hadn't looked at Rotten Tomatoes, what the score was. I'm wondering if you know what it is off the top of your head. I just looked it up. Do you know what it is? Um, I don't know. Like probably like between the 70 and 80 mark, I'm guessing. No, it's an 82%. What? And it's actually oh. exactly an 82% in audience score as well. We're part of the 18%, you and I. <laughs> I guess. I don't hate that movie though. I just think it's completely overrated. And um, I don't know. <sighs> like I'm far more interested in Catherine Bigelow's next movie, Aurora, as an example. I'm only mentioning Catherine Bigelow because she specifically, thank goodness. Has a good last name. No, because she beat James Cameron for Best Director and for – I'm pretty, pretty sure he was nominated that year. And she specifically beat him for Best Picture because I was nominated for Best Picture. And I was like, if this wins, I'll be shocked. Over the Hurt Locker. Yeah. That's when she won. And it's specifically like they they were married. Like Catherine Bigelow was James Cameron's wife. This was a revenge story is what you're telling me. <laughs> I don't know about revenge, but there's something – Great about the fact that she won for a movie instead of whatever Avatar is. Yeah. Oh. Oh. 
No, I'm joking. I don't hate Avatar, as I, as I said. It's okay. I don't like it. I know. I know you don't, I don't like, like it. it. But I guess we'll find out if the second one's good in whatever year it comes out. Adrian, what's the next movie coming out? It's coming out, Simon. The next movie on Friday, April the 8th. It's a movie called Dancing on Glass. It's a Netflix original Spanish drama. It's about uh, like a like a, a dance company that's apparently jealous. Oh, uh, obsessive relationships, oh. Uh, suicides, is, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next up is a movie called Metal Lords. It's a Netflix original comedy movie that's actually written by db weiss uh who did the game of thrones series is one of the showrunners one of two showrunners and the movie's about like these two met kids like starting a metal band um i watched the trailer i don't i don't know i don't don't really like it i'm a big fan of metal music but i don't know it seemed uh i mean i guess it's like kids that are like in high school that are like oh metal's fucking sick dude and metal is sick but i don't know i'm not i didn't really like the trailer i'm gonna probably watch it though i'm curious um, next up is a movie called All the Old Knives. This is confirmed by Movie Insider in the trailer, Simon. This is an Amazon Prime video original film starring Chris Pine and uh, Sandy Newton. I meant to write Sandy Newton. Um, and it's about the CIA agent um, that leaks information that costed the lives of more than 100 people, Simon. And now it's up to Chris Pine and Sandy Newton Thandy. To, to find out who the mole is. Sandy Newton from Westworld. Yeah, I know. I, just, I, was just stick, I was sticking with the bit. He's amazing in Westworld. Sandy Newton. So good. From the from Mission Impossible number two. Is she in that? The worst one. Yeah. I don't remember that movie at all. That's not a good movie. You don't have to. I it's know. Okay. I felt like it got better as the series went on. I feel like I said that before mm, the first one's definitely better than the second one but uh, then i agree with you i don't like the first one it does get better better very much at all only i i think it's a good movie but it's just it's not it's based on the tv show and it just completely goes off to make it a basically a ethan hunt tom cruise series like it, mm-hmm. it wasn't about that in the in the tv show they just changed the story it was very unusual choice of of plot line. And then they kind of went back into the team environment as the series went on. And that's when it started getting better for me. Yeah, I agree. But, but I don't agree because I never watched the series. Mission so. impossible fallout, man. Wow. Ooh, ooh, watch out, watch out. Wow. What a great action movie. Anyway, continue. What's the next movie coming out? That, that bathroom scene. God damn it. What a good scene. The whole thing. I feel like the pacing is very good where he's like, yeah, he like walks into the bathroom, pulls his pants down, starts taking a poop. <laughs> what a great scene. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Because you know why? You know why that's what that's what's happened in this movie, Adrian? Because we don't spoil things on this podcast. Is that's why. That's, that's why. Because we're That's why, baby. We're respectful to your time. Uh, I was going to say Adrian, but I, was, I should say audience. Uh, we're respectful to your time. You can say me, though. And we value your uh, love of plot lines, audience. Mm. And we wouldn't do anything to harm that. So, for all intents and purposes, a character took a poop in that bathroom scene. Yeah. So... Anyways, up next is Agent Game. This is confirmed by Movie Insider in the Apple TV app. It's a video on demand movie about a CIA agent accused of murder that tries to clear his name. Oh my God, is this connected to all the old knives? Maybe. Except uh, there's also an agent in that movie called Game, and he's trying to clear his name alongside Chris Pine and Dandy Newton. Yeah. Because it's the movie's called Agent Game. That's true. His name is Game. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to clear his name, baby. His name's Agent Game. He's trying to clear his name, dude. <laughs> Anyways, it's clearly Agent Game. Is like you're playing the Agent Game. I'm sure that's what that's referencing. But 
We're pretty stupid on this show. Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. So Adrian, what's the next movie coming out, buddy? Ride Till I Die, baby. This is a movie inside an Apple TV app confirmation movie. uh, And it's a video on demand movie. And it's a documentary movie uh, about what the fuck better do you named Ricky Ringer? I used voice to text on this. Uh, Clearly. Documentary about a guy named Ricky Ringer. Yeah, great. Great writing. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks, man. Documentary better do you named Ricky Ringer. I'll keep it like that. Check it out. What does that mean? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. You may as well just said that with Morbius is in there. It would have been better. More succinct. Morbius. It's a documentary. Morbiusing. Do you Morbius and Ricky Morbius? Anyway, Sonic 2 is up next. It's coming out to theaters, baby. And it's a sequel to the first Sonic movie starring Ben Schwartz, James Marden, uh, Marsden, Timothy Carey. Michael Morbius is also in this movie. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Michael Morbius to you. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Dr. Michael Morbius. Uh, I'm actually quite excited for this. It's the last movie for Jim Carrey, apparently. He's saying he's retiring after this or something. Oh, I heard that. I'm yeah. curious. I hope not because I want there to be a Sonic 3. Yeah, with, maybe he... With, uh, I don't know. Maybe Jim he's Carrey. giving away that he perishes in this. Maybe Dr. Robotnik bites the bullet. Yeah. I hope... Jared Leto takes his place. <laughs> he method acts as Jim Carrey. Yeah. As Dr. Robotnik. Ah, I'm Eggman. That's what he says. You really don't like Jared Leto. It's just yeah. kind of ridiculous. Um, actually, you know who else is retiring? Uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Yeah. 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 That's unfortunate. That was actually kind of sad to see. I feel bad for making fun of Bruce Willis a bunch. I knew you were going to uh, say that if, if this was brought up. Yeah, because you've made fun of him in the past saying he doesn't, whatever, I don't want to say what you said. But anyways, regardless, you didn't you didn't really go that hard on him, but he's got aphasia. Yeah, yeah. And that's why he's retiring and that he's got like a, it's a, like a communication kind of um, uh, disease yeah. caused by brain damage or various other things. And it's just sad because he's literally, I feel like a Hollywood legend in a lot of ways. Like he's in a lot of big movies and he's pretty, he's a, he's a huge name star. And I know that like the last mm-hmm. few movies he's been in haven't been like amazing, but it's probably because of the aphasia as well. Like he hasn't been in like movies that are kind of that, that have him on the marquee. Well, they have him on the marquee, but he's barely in them uh, compared to what he was before. But yeah, I think the last like really big like movie that was like uh, brought to, you know, the forefront would have been glass. I think. Yeah, I would agree. And mm-hmm. yeah, I like him as that character too. too. I like him in Un- unbreakable and yeah. I, anyway, so it's very sad to see that. And it was, it was nice to see kind of like the positivity that kind of came out of social media for that. Versus the stupidness of the Will Smith, Will Smith situation, and so I, I appreciated like the love and support that was seemed to be like shown all over the internet for that. Which I mean, I'm sure there's darkness somewhere, <laughs> but yeah, it's the internet. But I, I did appreciate what I was seeing at least on my social media feed, and I'm, I'm assuming you saw the same thing. Yes, I did see the same thing. Yeah, or I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I saw similar things, but not the same thing. Most but not some of the same things or some, but not most of the same things. Who knows actually? Cause you we can't say for sure what we saw because we didn't yeah. compare them side by side. But Adrian, what is the next movie coming out? My friend. Ambulance. Ambulance. Or ambulance. Ambulance. Ambulance as the, as the character, as the cop in Daredevil constantly says. Yeah. It's a notable thing in season one. It's like the ambulances are coming. He says in a New York accent. Ambulance. Whoa, Black Betty. Ambulance. Yes. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, but anyways, this is that Michael Bay movie. It's coming out to theaters. This uh, stars uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen 2. Yeah. <laughs> no, Abdul-Mateen the second. Again, I'm going off what you said many episodes ago. Um, and Jake Gyllenhaal. And this is actually Michael Bay's best rated, the like critically rated uh, movie. Is it already rated on Rotten Tomatoes? What's the score? Mm-hmm. It's like a 70-something. Amb- ambulance. Ambulance. It is a 72%. That's not bad. It's kind of shocking to me that that's Michael Bay's best rated movie ever. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> the movie is in the trailer. You see the whole movie in the trailer. Just mm-hmm. watch the trailer and you've seen it. Is that wrong? Am I wrong to say that? No. I feel like we know the whole movie, don't we? I think so, yeah. I still kind of want to watch it. It looks dumb fun. It does look like dumb fun, yeah. And those actors are really great. Mm-hmm. So, so um, Isaac Gonzalez of many movies, but... Uh, like uh, Baby Driver. Yeah, I was going to say Baby Driver. That's probably the one I know her from, right? Yes. And the Rosamund Pike movie, I Care A Lot. Anyway. I never watched that. Yet. Adrian, what's the next movie coming out? And the final movie that's coming out is a movie that I mentioned two weeks ago, but I was wrong about when it was actually releasing. Uh, and it technically released last week in limited quantities, but now it's everywhere. It's everything and everywhere all at once. It's coming oh. to theaters. This looks great. I really want to watch it. It does, but it looks like it's coming to no theaters around us. And I'm so excited for this movie. I really want to see it, but I don't think we're going to be able to see it unless in, it's going to land in the Princess Twin Theaters in Waterloo, which so. is like a small indie No! Job. Simon Eady. Yeah? Adrian Pitcher? It's, uh, it's playing at Galaxy Cinemas in Guelph, Waterloo, Landmark what? Cinemas in Kitchener and Waterloo this uh, Thursday, dude. Yes! Are we going to go see it then? Yeah. Because it's like a 97%. Yeah. On the Rotten Tomatoes. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. I'm down. Do you want to watch it on Thursday night? Uh, I think I'm free. I'll have to see. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Um, Not directly. No, we won't because we don't talk outside this podcast. But I'll message Jimmy. Yeah. Even though I don't like him. You can message Jimmy. You didn't let me finish. I would never talk outside this podcast. Give me a second to finish formulating my words. I'm a little tired. It's been a long day at work. Okay. That's what she said. Sorry, I missed the opportunity to say that. It's been a long day at work. What am I? No, you never let me finish. A male gigolo? <laughs> Uh, am, I, am I a prostitute? An, no. An escort? No, the whole you never let me finish. Oh. <laughs> As a, that's, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. It's an orgasm joke, Simon. I understand. You weren't con- <laughs> calling me a prostitute. No, I think you're much better than one. Okay. I don't I don't know what, you're, what you mean by that, but uh, let's move on, uh, Adrian. You're an escort. Uh, yeah, right. A male escort. That's what I thought. That's what I yeah. thought you were going for, but you didn't specify. But Adrian, I think that's the end. I think that's all of the movies. That's it. That's all, baby. That's it. That's all, as I always say. You do. You do say that. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> what are you bringing back? From the, from the episodes before. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. Yeah, I guess you're bringing it back, but I also say bye every episode and I don't say it and bringing it back. But regardless, you're bringing it back with the buys, dude. Good job. I love it. Yeah, I'm an, I'm an amazing, I'm an amazing host. Adrian, this is the end. You are an amazing. This is the end of our episode. And I'd ask our audience to please write into us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. I will ask them to please review us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, maybe both, not none. One or the other or both. That would be the priority. If you can rate us on Facebook as well, I'd appreciate that. Um, It does help us. Again, it does help us if you review us. Uh, If you could do that, I'd appreciate it. And um, 
yeah, subscribe to us on any of the podcast streaming services that exist out today, except for the odd few, very few of them we are not on, but we're on most of them that you can think of, um, including all the ones you're thinking of right now in your brain. Adrian? Yeah? What are you thinking to say to our audience before we let them go? We've we got to let them go now. It's been a long episode, and or it's been a short episode. It depends. It's all relative. Adrian, what are you thinking? I'm thinking Morbius, baby. Morbius, baby. Oh, holy Morbius o'clock. Yeah, you love that movie. And I think, um, yeah. It's my favorite movie of 2022. I wish. Actually, of all time. I feel like we missed out on Ken writing into us this week. And this is the biggest thing that I feel like we missed out on only because I feel like Ken had more to defend on Morbius. I thought he would, you know, come out and say, this is what I loved about this movie. You know, and then we could kind of rebuttal it and then, you know, it would give us maybe, maybe more of even keel. I kind of mm-hmm. centered you a little bit and I said it wasn't the, the worst movie I've ever seen. But I feel like it's maybe one of the worst movies you've ever, you've ever actually watched in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't feel like that, but I think Ken would have been the other side. I think it's worse than Suicide Squad, but better than The Circle. But not by much. Not by much. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, it is what it is. You read it here first or I'm probably... 82nd here, folks, because you can just look at Rotten Tomatoes at the reviews. But mm-hmm. thank you for listening to the 92nd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Take care, everybody. It is I, Adrian Pinter. And honestly, Morbius, bad movie. But Batman v Superman, great movie. And same with Raccoon, Tan- well, well, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. That movie, you have to admit, that movie is way better than Morbius. Just admit it. It's better. Just say it. Not way better. It's better, though. Oh, thank you. Okay. Got the clap. <laughs> what? Sounds like you're hitting yourself on the knee repeatedly. Uh, no, I was hitting myself on the wrist. Okay. On the Michael Morbius wrist. The pause there was quite daunting. <laughs> I was like, what else could you say? <laughs> Let's not go there. Um, uh, Goodbye. Take care.